Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. Hello, and welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. Today is part two of Q&A from Instagram. So if you were listening to the previous episode, I answered a few of your questions that you sent me on Instagram and a few of them were a little bit too small to make into a full podcast episode, you know, like a full 20 or 25 minute episode so that I, I thought that I would just get in and answer as many as I could in the time that I had. So it's a really good way to cover quite a few content topics in the time that we've got. So if you have any requests uh, that you want to hear, anything you want to hear me talking about on the podcast, anyone that you want me to interview or get on the show, please feel free to reach out. My Instagram handle is at Lauren Lappin underscore. All right. So question one, moving current clients over to other staff members to grow their clientele. Okay. So if you've hired new staff, so if you're going from just you to someone new, I Like if I talk about my situation, what I did is I reduced my availability and made them available more. So there's a few things you need to do. First of all, you need to give them regular hours as best as you possibly can. So what I mean by this is looking at the times that your salon books out in advance the fastest. So for example, my salon is definitely busier later in the week. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you know, Friday is busy all day. So if I was adding to my team, I would definitely give them a Friday shift. And I'd try and keep consistency with this. So for example, if I put them on on a Friday to start with, I would open up their column for a full day, nine till six, that's what we're open. I'd maybe, you know, advertise that the spots or I'd make myself less available. If I was trying to cut down my hours, I would make myself less available and only offer appointments with that person. The next thing you need to do is stop advertising yourself or your fully booked staff members on social media. So stop advertising them. Stop posting photos of their work. Or if you do, you have no other content, you're scraping the bottom of the content barrel, don't say who did it. Don't mention their name. Uh, If you ever see any photos of awesome lashes on my Instagram feed, my salon Instagram feed, that don't say who they're done by, it's mine. It's my work. (laughs) But I don't want to promote myself. It doesn't make sense for me to promote myself anymore because I don't want new clients. I don't want to build my clientele. And I don't want to build the clientele of my fully booked staff members either. I am wanting to be focusing on my newer staff members that I want to get booked out. So, always posting photos of their work or photos of themselves, getting them on stories so that your audience starts to become comfortable with who they are, what they look like, what they sound like, you know, a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, you know, what they're interested in outside of work. You know, you can ask questions, do little interview style things. There's a lot you can do to promote your newer staff members, but I would just be heavily focusing on those ones so that people you know, think of them, they're forefront of mind when they're thinking about booking an appointment or if they see a photo of them in your booking system when they're selecting a a staff member to book an appointment online with, they're like, oh, I've seen that Lauren girl before. I'll try her. I remember seeing a photo of brows she did and they looked really good. So that's the second thing I would do. 
The third thing I would do is train your staff to offer appointments with them first. You know, even if it's an appointment that's a month in advance, if it's not a regular client of one of my fully booked staff members, I train my staff to actually say, oh, no, I'm sorry, I don't have any availability that week, even though they might, but we offer it with the newer team members so that their columns have a chance to book up because chances are even if um, those longer standing staff members, you know, weren't booked during that week or, you know, they had a few gaps on the day that this client was asking for, chances are they're probably going to end up booking up with their regulars. And you want to keep your regulars happy with the people that they're usually seeing. So I would be training my staff or receptionist or even if it's just you, always be offering and maybe telling a couple of white lies about your own availability or your more senior staff's availability and offering those appointments with your newer staff first. And then the last thing you need to be focusing on is training in communication with your new staff members. So they need to understand how to communicate with their clients effectively during the appointment, how to greet them, uh, how to take them through to the treatment area, what to talk about when they're on the bed during the appointment, how to deal with any criticism how to ask them to rebook because that's the key. That's the secret source. I always talk about the secret source of business growth. You just have to keep your clients coming back. It's not attracting new ones. You need to know how to do that, but you get to a point and you can't do that anymore because you're that booked with the clients that you've already got. So keep your clients coming back. Train them into rebooking with you. All of my clients book at least six months in advance with me. Some have never-ending recurring appointments with me. Because they know if they don't book back in, they're not going to get back in with me. They've lost the opportunity. And I sort of instilled this in my clients from a really early point on in my salon. You know, I I really made it seem the language that I used at the end of the appointment was, you know, if you don't book now, I'm really sorry, but you're not going to get a nighttime appointment. You know, and they would get scared. They have that FOMO, that fear of missing out. So they are more likely to book with you. And train your staff to say, it's busy. Like, how many times do you get asked if it's busy? Oh, how have you been? Yeah, good. Have you been busy? Oh, so busy. We have been so busy. Like, oh my God, I know it's winter, but we are so booked out. Don't ever say that it's quiet. Don't ever let your staff say that it's been quiet or gappy or, oh, I had a big cancellation, so I've just been cleaning all morning. I'm so glad you're here now. Do not communicate that with anyone. You want your staff and yourself, you yourself might be a little white lie, but you need to be telling your clients, you need to be listening for anyone. You need to be telling anyone that will listen that you are busy. And then they sort of unconsciously start to think, oh, this salon is busy. I need to book ahead if I want to get back in. So training your staff with communication on rebooking. You know, I would be doing role-playing, I actually do have a communication training called Booked and Busy. So it's designed to be used with your team or you can use it yourself if you're struggling with getting people to rebook. If you want that training, please feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to send you the link. But yeah, communication is a massive one. So they would be my four top tips on getting your staff, you know, getting your staff's column full and keeping them full. All right, question number two today is dealing with staff and how to get them to do as you ask, like take pics to showcase their work. All right. So from what I've seen and experienced 
as a business owner and as a business coach, you need to set the example, right? So I'm finding that business owners that, and I'm sorry if I offend anyone, uh, I'm finding that business owners that don't really take themselves very seriously, that aren't organized, that don't have proper policies and rules and things in place for their businesses, they don't follow up when people stuff up. You know, they're too scared to have those uncomfortable conversations with their staff when they do the wrong thing or they stuff up or whatever. You're sort of running your business like a little bit of a hobby, you know, oh, I'm winging it. You know, I know we all wing it, but, you know, if you're winging it, you're not having those difficult conversations. You're not following up when things go wrong. You haven't got systems and and procedures in place for your business. You're trying to do everything and you just, you know, you want to do all the clients all the time and you want to take over and, you know, run the show and you don't, you don't give that responsibility to your staff and you're not setting the example, your staff won't respect you. For example, if you don't have an end of day procedure where you are expecting your team to balance the till and make sure that, you know, all appointments have been paid for, what it says on the FPOS machine report matches what it says in your booking system. If you're not requiring them to count the cash and, you know, um, have a proper float and, you know, you're not reconciling things at the end of every day and making sure that everything's right, how can you expect your team to respect the money that you're making? How can you expect your team to charge people the right amount or not hand out discounts or not charge some people they don't feel like charging? How do you expect them to do things when you're not even doing it yourself or you haven't put steps in place for your team to follow? So if you are struggling getting your team to take photos of their work, you need to put a policy or a procedure in place that makes it part of their job. You might want to write into their employment contracts that it is a responsibility that they create content for you because at the end of the day, even though they may not want to, they're going to have to do it in any salon they work in. Or if they work on their own, they're going to have to do it. It's unavoidable. Our lives as small business owners have changed. I I feel like I'm a full-time content creator. If I'm not sitting here recording my podcast, I am filming reels, I'm coming up with content ideas, I'm writing bloody captions. You know, I'm a full-time content creator basically, for two businesses. Up until a few months ago, I was a full-time content creator for three businesses. You know, I might not like it, you might not like it, but our role has changed. We are living in a digital age and we've got to come up with times. It's sink or swim, guys. So your staff need to know that as well. And they need to know that if we don't showcase their work on socials, if we haven't got any photos or proof of what they actually do is good, all they've got is word of mouth. But they're going to struggle to get new bookings because we can't advertise them on socials. So you need to work into their contract or write a policy that they need to create content and whether that's filming reels or taking photos or whatever, you know, you might have in your policy that they need to take photos of at least one client a day. And if they don't, they need to catch up the next day. You might expect five photos a week, five before and afters and one video. It needs to be something measurable if you're too wishy-washy about it, like, oh, I'd really like some photos of your work this week, girls. They're not going to do it. And you can add extra incentives as well. I actually run a um, photo and video of the month competition 
within my team. And at the end of every month, you know, they upload photos into a shared folder. I choose the best ones, whether they be a photo or a video, and I give them 50 bucks cash if they're the winner. Sometimes I change it up and I get my daughter to judge it, you know, just just to mix things up. But, you know, it just provides that little bit of an extra incentive for them to go and create that content. But also if you pump them up, like, you know, you start show- showcasing really good photos of their work and they're getting noticed, they're getting comments and things like that. I like to share that with my team. You know, oh, my God, look at this reel that, you know, such and such did. It got 200,000 views. We need to make more reels like that. You know, that's awesome. Thank you. How good is this? You know, and they get excited about it too. So you need to be serious. You need to make sure sure you're a serious business owner. If you want your staff to respect you and do the things that you ask and you need to put actual things in place and have proper rules and guidelines about what your expectations are. And content creation in this day and age, everyone has to create it. So they just need to get their heads around it and start to realise that it's a part of their job. And if they haven't realised it, you need to put something in writing to actually make it part of their job. So I hope that helps. And the last question that I've got to share with you today is setting boundaries as a business owner to switch off. Now, this is a really good one. Uh, I'm not the best at this. I feel as though the line between having a work and life balance is very blurry. Uh, My work kind of bleeds into my personal time a lot. So I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this, but I will share a couple of things that I have done with with myself over the years. Uh, The first one is having a calendar and putting all of your work or your most important tasks into that calendar, time blocking them out, and also scheduling in things with yourself, your friends, your family. So If you go to the gym, I would suggest putting that into your calendar so you know that you have to do it and try not to move it. Although the beauty of a calendar or time blocking all your tasks in a calendar versus a to-do list is with a to-do list, you can just pick and choose what you want to do or you can just cross a few things off and then forget about the gym. I've done it a lot, trust me, especially lately. Um, But if you have, you know, your workouts scheduled into a calendar, I, I use iCal or, or Apple, I'm old, Apple calendar. Someone in my coaching program said to me, what's iCal? And I was like, you know, like the cal- iCal, like it's, it's Apple calendar, but it's, it's just the calendar app on an Apple computer or a phone or, or an iPad or whatever. So I like to use iCal. You know, I've got my work stuff is coded as purple, you know, family stuff's yellow, personal stuff's blue. I've got my workouts in green. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's about it. They're the four main things that I do. Yeah, so I have them color-coded so I can quickly and easily see what's what. Look, honestly, most of my calendar is purple work. So I've got my workouts scheduled in there. And look, if for any reason I miss it, I run late with something, I can just pick up my workout and drop it to another point in the week. And having you know, your calendar on a week view, you've got a really quick snapshot for, you know, when and where you can fit things. And honestly, if your week is really, really full and you're questioning whether or not, oh, I don't know if I can fit this workout in today and you look at the rest of the week and you can't see anywhere else to move it, you're going to do that workout. 
You're going to be like, well, if I don't do it today, I've got nowhere else to move this. So I'm just going to do it. I'm going to have to do it. So time blocking stuff in your calendar is really, really helpful with sort of having that work-life balance. So, you know, for example, this weekend, I'm going to take my family to the movies to see the new Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, that's blocked off. It's blocked off. I'm not going to do any work during that time. I know that it's coming up. So, I know that I have to get my work done before that. You know, for example, on Saturday morning, I will go to the gym and then I'll come home and I'll do the wages and I'll do some admin work, you know, sort out my inbox. I'll go delete photos and videos off my um, phone that I don't need anymore, et cetera, et cetera. So a little bit of cleanup admin work, you know, ready to go into the new week. But I know that I'm spending the afternoon with my kids and my husband and then I'm going to a 50th birthday party on Saturday night. So that's also blocked out. So I can easily see when my leisure time is and when my work time is. The second thing that I would recommend is keeping your work hours to your work hours. So don't respond to texts or emails or things like that unless you really have to outside of your normal business hours. So this is a big thing for me. I used to, you know, do this with my clients and maybe you're the same, but I used to write back to messages, you know, at 10 o'clock at night because I felt I felt the need to people please. I needed to get back to this person straight away. I need to give them an answer. And I feel like in this day and age of the internet and, you know, all these different platforms on which people can contact us, people do have this certain level of expectation where they have to, they expect an answer straight away. And, you know, we've all seen it, clients that, you know, send a message, can I book an appointment tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And then you don't write back because it's 10 o'clock at night. And then they send another message. Hi, did you get my message? And then they might send another one with a couple of question marks. And you're just like, oh, my God. But if you don't write back, it trains them not to contact you out- outside of business hours. So for me, having a receptionist in my salon really helped this because I knew that in the morning at 8.30 when, when my receptionist comes into work, she'll be able to get back to everyone that messaged overnight or emailed overnight or left a voicemail or whatever. It wasn't on me to do it the next morning. And sometimes between getting kids to school and, you know, running to the salon and then having clients all day, I wouldn't be able to get back to those messages, you know, till lunchtime. And then I'd spend my lunchtime doing it, which is not fun as well. So having other people that can lighten that load, that administration load for you is another really, really good way of separating work and life um, and having those boundaries. But try not to get back to your staff as well outside of your normal business hours because if you do, you kind of train them to always be asking you questions outside of business hours. And, you know, most recently this is something that I've had to implement in my coaching business as well, which I work alone in. You know, I'm very busy and I and I tend to want to help people straight away. I write back to messages straight away or try to write back to emails straight away. But, you know, in the middle of the night it's not good and then, you know, I have coaching clients that that want to contact me in the middle of the night and expect an answer. So, you know, I've had to put stuff into my contracts around expect, you know, up to 24 hours for a response inside of business hours. So Monday to Friday, you know, 8.30 to 5.30. So putting those, you know, things in writing for your clients to see or, you know, having an autoresponder set up on your Instagram DMs or your Facebook DMs, you know, that thank you so much for messaging us. We appreciate your message and we will endeavour to get back to you within the next two to three hours inside of business hours. Um, So having something like that so it sets the expectation that, yes, we know your message is important, but someone will get back to you shortly. So you can have things like that in place. But 
I hope that that helped. Um, I'm not the best on work-life balance, but I, I actually saw a post from um, Jamie from Lash Base the other day and he he said, oh, it might have been a story. He said something about the work-life balance line is very, very blurry. And I just believe it's so much to be true. Like I don't have any hobbies outside of work, really. I enjoy working. So I do find myself working a lot more than the average person. Uh, you know, starting earlier, not having lunch, a lunch break, not having breaks, working through the day, working into the evening, overdoing other things. You know, it might be why I've hardly got any friends <laughs> or a social life. But, you know, it, it it's it's a very blurry line. But if you enjoy work, that's fine. But try not to miss out on the important things in life. You know, your kids, your family, you know, spending good time with friends, you know, schedule it in. If you're struggling, schedule it in. Anyway, that is all I've got for you today, guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, the last two episodes of Q&A from Instagram. And as always, I love to see how you are listening to this podcast. So if you can, snap a selfie or, you know, take a photo of whatever you're doing. I love to see it. Make sure you tag me and post it on your story. Tag me so that I can see and I'll always reshare to my stories as well. So Uh, If you've got a couple of minutes spare to do that or even 30 seconds, it really only takes 30 seconds, let's be honest. I would love to see how you're listening and what you thought of the episode. But that is all I've got for you today and I will see you online soon.